Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Billy Greenhops, longtime friend of Butch Kindspear and now first mate of the Sanguine Spear, has invited the party to join the Blood Sail Buccaneers. Billy seems forthright and kind-hearted, but has fallen in with a bad crowd. Loaded up with quests and ready for adventure, we'll join our heroes on their first day playing pirate as soon as we queue up for more heroic dungeons. And dragons. So, last night, you guys had a conversation with First Mate Battlechin, the very nice neighborly friend of, of Butch from years ago. Uh, or for, for a very long time, not even from years ago, recently. Um, you guys are in a room. Are you guys in a room together? I, I don't know that I ever made this clear or that you, we may have, but I just forgot. Did you guys get separate rooms? Are you all like bunking up together? Does it make a difference? I think it's like one room with maybe a couple couple beds in it or two beds. I, I'm, I'm thinking like like a hotel room with two queen beds. Yeah, BlizzCon style. Got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's Falcus and Ari in one bed. Falcus will be alright with that. <laughs> We're used to it, it's fine. So Falcus actually would be the first awake. Um as an elf, you require less sleep than anybody. Um you go ahead and start waking up and you're you're <sighs> starting to get kind of dressed, sort of, but a lot of your equipment is still it's not wet anymore from the headlong tackle that you and Butch did into the I'm going to say probably less than pristine waters of Booty Bay. Um, there's a lot of wrinkling and there's a lot of, like, there's spots on it that are still wet. Your shoes are still wet, for sure. Uh, but in general, you're able to put everything together uh, pretty easily. It's not all that long after that Ari and Butch start to wake up. Um, it's very early in the day. It's the sun is already up, but it's like pre-breakfast time. What's the battle plan for the day? What is everyone doing? <laughs> oh, is that the sun? Yes, Butch. The uh, the sun sun's coming up. Some sun's already up. <laughs> and I lay down in bed with my like like on my on my face, basically with my butts stuck up. That's that's actually how I had it pictured in my in my mind. So that's perfect. We're that's doing great so far. And lay down. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we're pretty much set, I think, on our outfits and things like that. Um, I don't know if there was anything else that we needed to complete our quote unquote disguises. Yeah, no, I think we're I think we're good. Um, we have some some hats coming our way eventually, but otherwise, I think we just have to kind of 
kill till midday and it doesn't sound like it takes long. We just go right and go right again and then right again or something. Three rights, make a left. Uh, I guess. I guess. Oh, okay. And I start how to about, get how up. How about we, we get some, some food and good old Butch here and get him a little more spry? I'll meet you down there. <laughs> I'll just shake my head and head on out the door. I'll see you downstairs. Falk is downstairs to the food. Uh, All right. Falkus and Ari walk out of the room after Butch face plants into what sounded like a very stiff pillow. You guys walk across the weird suspended rope bridge thing inside the building that is suspended over the main bar and eating area. You take a right and walk down the stairs and now you're in... um, you know, kind of the primary eatery of the Salty Sailor Inn. Behind the grill, somehow already, first thing in the morning, is uh, Philomug, the bartender slash cook, who's using his little fire elemental guy to heat up the stove. Uh, Alongside him, you had noticed it uh, previously when you had been in here, he's also got another totem laying out that goblin uh, shaman totems are are very mechanical. Um, There's like drills and, and... you know, arms and stuff on him, very robotic. He's got this one opened on the inside where there's like wires crossed and he's like, he's was tink. It looks to your perspective that he may have been tinkering with this thing before you guys came down to breakfast. Um, It doesn't take long. You guys can put in an order real quick and it doesn't take long for him to whip up something for you guys, something hot, something good for you guys to, to eat slaps of coffee down in front of each of you. I'll, I'll, just kind of sit down, you know, across from Ari, sip some coffee, and um, kind of broach the subject of, you know, what are, this is. This is going to be rough. I mean, I, I have no clue what we're going to do with with Chin. It, this is this is going to be our is it battle Chin. Here comes the Christmas Chin. <laughs> chin. Um, yeah, this is going to be, This is. I mean, we're going to have to rely a lot on Butch on this one here. We promised Butch last night we can't, we can't hurt him. And I know we barely know him, but just the bit we have, like he's, he thinks he's fighting the good fight. He's, he's wrong, but he's, I don't think I'd ever thought I'd call pirate innocent, but he's innocent. So I don't know, like, I don't know. We've... We've been on ships before, but we've never had to go in undercover that I can think of. The best thing I can muster is we're going to have to have have Chen figure out on his own that these guys are lying, but that might require a lot of seducing and a lot of, a lot of foul play, which I mean, could be fun. I just wanted to... We're going straight to seducing? That's, <laughs> if that's the direct... That's fine. I just was surprised that that was the first suggestion. I'm trying to get in character. I feel like that's what Ari would do. Nope. She would just be yep. like, let's work our way up to be the captain's mate and then like backstab and be like, I'm the mate, witches. Like, let's do what I say now. I don't know. No, I think that's perfectly <laughs> fair. I just, I'm excited that you're in character. It's perfectly fine. I mean, for, for all it's worth, we either have to 
show him what they truly are for who they are. Or kill um, him. Well, just kill the entire crew. Yeah, that's the other <laughs> thing, too. Um, but then at that point, you know, does he turn on us? You know, here, here he thinks he's fighting the good fight for these people, and we, you know, remove them all from the equation here. From what I can tell, him and Butch go way back. I just wish I would. I knew if Butch told him if he'd believe it. If just Butch's word enough would be enough for him to. Because I'd make this so much easier. He could then be in on the seducing. Is it Chen or Chin? I, I don't know. That's why I've been saying him. <laughs> Battle Chin. That's what I thought. Chin. Okay. Chin. Okay. Chin. Okay, you were saying. <laughs> but do you think, like, I don't know how good goblins are at writing things down and stuff, and I don't even know if it would help. Do you think there's something here that would have a history that may, like, I don't even know if he'd believe that even. Like, I was trying to think of that last night. If there was something here we could take to keep on us or to, like, pull out to use if we needed to, to be like, no, they're, they're the bad guys or talk to one of the Blackwater Raiders or something. I don't know. This is going to be hard. Somebody got a memory cube somewhere? That's what we need. Yes. <laughs> That's from Star Trek. No, there's a toy that you get in Legion called the memory cube and you get to, you get to relive cinematics. Oh. Yeah, and you unlock <laughs> other ones and get more, more ability to... Yeah. Could be a cool magic item that you might find someday. Um, so that, that was a perfect opportunity for the, the two of you to, um, talk about the, the Billy situation without me being around. I didn't even realize I was doing that. You're welcome. Okay. So. Today's role play accidentally brought to you by Summer underscore Sal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then I burst into the room and say... Good morning, y'all. What's for breakfast? And I plop down on a chair and, you know, everyone can feel the, the you know, everything vibrate because uh, I'm big and I'm just plopping everywhere. And I um, feel like my coffee, like, spilled a little bit and Falcus just kind of picks up a napkin and just dabs at his face because <laughs> he was in the middle of taking a sip. <laughs> Okay, and I, um, what, what am I eating? He would set you up with probably some, a little bit of the hot breakfast meats, uh, maybe a, like some sausage or some bacon or something. Uh, it's, this is a pirate town, so we're definitely talking about some fresh fruit, because you gotta, that, that everybody's used to making sure that they get their fruit in so that they stave off that scurvy. You know, things like that, continental okay. sort of. Alrighty. I, and, and, and the way is that I continental? Eat, I don't know what continental no, is. Continental is like pastries and and cereal. Okay, then it's it isn't continental. Don't donuts donuts. Okay, this is stick to your bones food. <laughs> yeah. So you know I'm I'm eating it with my you know I'm grabbing my fork with with my fist you know not, nothing fancy I just start shoveling it in my mouth and I don't, then I. Stab one of the pieces of meat 
and with a mouthful, I look at Falcus to go <laughs> sausages. <laughs> coffee, 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 just... coffee, coffee, coffee. Kind of laugh it into my coffee at that one. All right. <laughs> All right. This just has a scowl on his face. So we're going to eat this stuff up and uh, h- head over to that rowboat. It shouldn't take us too long as long as we don't, uh, you know, r- run into a- 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 anything nefarious. As the uh, battle chin didn't make it sound like it was too much of a trip. And I think we're all... Do we have anything we need to grab before we go? We probably have a little bit if we need to stop somewhere, but I think for the most part, we're good. Well, they'll have food and stuff and beer on the boat, I'm sure. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be good on, on that. What about our hats? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we'll get those when we see your buddy. He promised them. So I don't you know, see him going back. Because you can't. We can't be pirates without pirate hats. <laughs> That's right. Didn't he, didn't he ask us uh, our hat sizes, our head sizes? I don't think so, but uh, I, I'm, I'm sure your uh, your little head won't have, have a problem at all. I imagine Butch Head might be a little far, far like harder to find a, a good fit and hat for. Y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't worry about me. Y'all don't worry about me. So Falcus is going to lean over to to Butch and so. And, and start a, a little quieter conversation. Ari and I were, were discussing a little bit this morning, too. We know what the people that Chin's working for are like and what we're there to do. We need to figure out a plan to convince Chin of our point of view as well. Don't want to get We don't want to see him get hurt, right? We made that promise to you. We, we plan to hold that promise to you. But... I wasn't sure if you had any ideas for convincing him otherwise or steering him in a different direction than... Oh, what? You talking about Billy? Oh. Yeah. Wait. Why don't we just tell him? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out. If we just tell him, Butch, is he going to... Like, how strong is your guys' connection? Is he going to believe you? Because it feels like these pirates have done... A number on getting him to believe something that we all know isn't quite true. Now, he might feel bashful about it at first, and I, I, w- I wouldn't want to talk to him around y'all, you, you know, about that. But uh, I think if I can get him alone, yeah, I think it's all good. I mean, <laughs> truth be known, I used to date his sister back in, you know, all back right. in panda school. <laughs> I mean, we've known each other a long t- time. Do you? <sighs> All right, this might be a long shot. Just just the bit we've known, Billy. He seems to love the pirate life. Like, he seems to be just smitten being first mate and doing the cooking and everything. What if we convince him to, like, take the ship and get him on the Blackwater side? Like, do you think they take him in? Like, who do we need to talk to to figure out, like... If we could get Billy in on this plan to overtake it and then like turn the ship into the Blackwater Pirates and have him set and sail over here. Basically take over the ship on his behalf. Yeah. Have him come out the good. Because I mean, I'm all for glory and things. But at this point, I think if we could have Billy be the the good guy, the victor here, get him over here. I don't know. Maybe they take him in and he still gets to play pirate. 
I want Billy to come out of this like winning. So I'm trying to figure out a way to to convince him that this is right and yet still have him living his dreams as a pirate. Well, listen, I think we're jumping ahead of ourselves. We don't even know what this boat looks like or who's on it. So, uh... We know a few. Trust trust me, no harm will come to Billy. Okay. Trust trust me and I, I look them square in the eye very seriously and I drop my my trademark smile and uh if we can if we can make make it so that uh he's got his own ship or got some gold on him or whatever the heck then all, all the better should we uh bring some special booze with us kind of a gift for for uh Billy do they have special booze here? As I kind of look around the ship. <laughs> what? Well, a gift for Billy? If we're gonna get a, bring a gift for anyone, it'd be the it'd be the captain. But um, aren't we trying to work for these people? I, it'd be it'd be weird if we're bringing gifts to our new boss. I, I guess more or less what I was getting at was um, bringing um, something to loosen up the conversation with you and Billy, bringing some alcohol or something to to share with. Oh, you don't worry about that. There'll be plenty of booze on this boat if Billy got anything to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Well, I think finish up eating and then start heading over. I don't think there's much more we need to do in Booty Bay. Agreed. Butch? Well, let me just uh, finish this uh, one sip of coffee. I swing my great axe over my shoulder and uh hey alright let's go hey focus your shoes still wet (laughs) and I walk out the door focus will stand up reluctantly on the way out the door and I'm just gonna follow behind shaking my head at the two of them chuckling You guys make your way out of the Salty Sailor and start to head north toward the um, the walkout exit, the roadway exit uh, of Booty Bay. Um, As you go across the pier, you see, you know, first of all, it's got that early morning chill in the air a little bit. There's a um, a little bit of a very light fog that is going to get burned off as the sun starts to get warmer. There's people walking around doing their early morning business. Um, but generally speaking, the docks are kind of quiet. You make your way up this sort of a almost switchback kind of a path that leads up through a, what is basically a hollow. I don't know if it's like a tunnel or a cave, it's somewhat natural, but there's also like things supporting the walls and the rocks. As you leave town, um, you get, as you walk, you end up passing several more of the armored and armed um, Blackwater Raider Goblin Street Guard kind of people. And as you exit town, there are a couple of them who are digging like off to the side, away from where you're going to be walking. It does look like there's a few of them that are um, digging a hole in the ground. And they're tossing in basically into what roll a perception check for me everybody as a group 
I, my perception is not that great. Let's see. Falcus rolled a 16. Uh, Ari rolled a 13. 11. Okay, I would say that yeah, I would say that everybody would would recognize that they're tossing in what looks like um what looks like a body into a hole in the ground. But it doesn't look like a fresh body. It looks like a body that's been around for a while. Um, your experiences with Azeroth suggest to maybe not necessarily Butcher or, or Ari, given those perception checks, but Falcus, you, you get the idea that that might have been an undead of some kind that had been recently dealt with and is being disposed of. Falcus will raise an eyebrow and go, interesting... Are a they- lot of weird stuff happening after uh, the quote-unquote uh, sky exploded. I mean, I don't know if this is weird or not. You know, for, for, for Booty Place, you know, can we just walk by and pretend we didn't see it? The This activity is happening, so as you leave the cave that leads into the jungle, there's a road that goes north the path that you're going to follow goes to your right, to the east. This is happening to the west a bit. And the guards see that you looked over and saw this and have made no motion to talk to you, interact with you, stop you, or anything like that. This is just, they're acting as though this is business as usual. So if you would like to continue to just keep going, you can continue to just keep on going. You know, I feel like talking to these people, but I don't want to pick up another side quest. We've got five quests on the list right now. But yeah. this is these are hints towards the main quest line. We're not ready to do the main quest line yet, so we're just going to ignore it for now. What are you reading my notes? <laughs> Get up out of here with that. No, I mean, it's not like they're going to be burying this. Oh, this is the first un... Yeah, dead dead body we've seen. This is this is a side quest. <sighs> I'm gonna kind of look at Falcus and just be like, you know, what do you think? Booty Bay's usually pretty good at keeping things civil for pirates. Hi, how y'all doing? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Oh, here we go again. Oh, well, never mind, Falcus. And I give a big wave and a wink over uh, over to those guards. Big O smile. Yeah, hey, hey, how you doing, big guy? Oh, I'm great. I just had my coffee. What y'all up to over here? Yeah, just mon dead. Same as usual anymore. What? Same as usual? What? What, what do you mean? Yeah, last couple days. Uh oh. People dropping dead around here, or just undead dropping dead? Uh, well, between you and me, people aren't dropping dead any more than they used to be. But, uh, I don't know. Ever since that thing happened with this guy, we get more undead in these area once in a while. It's been weird. Nothing we can't handle. Uh, Alright, so I sure appreciate you keeping us safe. So- sounds like you, you're, uh, you're, you're helping keep him booty bake, you know a safer place to live. He gives you like this, this mock performance bow and <laughs> says, well, we're, we're just happy to be of service. 
Now, I'm kind of closer to these guys now, and we see that it's undead, but does this look like a Lordaeron citizen undead, or does this look like what one might call the Scourge? Can I perceive this? I'm actually the three of I'm us just on rolled a, perception, so and we all right. failed, so never I'm mind. working on making a decision on whether or not you would be able to tell the difference. I'm trying to think of what the differences would be. Probably in the the way that it's outfitted or the way that it like Yeah, because cause the Forsaken would wear clothes you know, gear and the Scourge wouldn't. So there's that. Um I'm also trying to think of exactly what this one would have been up to before it came to here. I'm going to say beans as you walked up a little closer to it and you're, you're looking at it specifically trying to deduce things about it. Now that you can see it and you can make out its details, I would say to roll an investigation check to find that out. Will a four tell me anything dungeon master (laughs) dead body, (laughs) two arms, two legs, Okay. Well, as he backs, as his sarcastic bow um, happens, I, you know, back away and turn towards the way we were going and keep walking with a smile on my face. Balkus was just leaning up against uh, a rock somewhere, just, just waiting for this to pass over. I was just kind of laying down on the road, just head behind my hands behind my head just waiting as laying down bush. on the road oh yep i had just i I'm, i've been with you for a bit butch now these conversations sometimes can be quick sometimes you end up having a drink so i was just <laughs> waiting seeing how this would play out just about like vegging so you know uh, it's, it's 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 these kinds of experiences i i say as i i continue walking on the trail that 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 can sometimes net you some good friends. You know, my grandfather used to. Uh, we we oh we we would be in a tavern, and I'm I'm still walking. We'd be in a tavern, and he'd uh we we'd be trying to leave. We'd paid up and everything, and then then he sees someone, and they say, "Hey, aren't you the cousin of this other person's other person?" And suddenly he's pulling up a chair. At their table, we ain't never getting out of that tavern. Tell you what, my grandfather knew everybody. I'm just, I'm just. How'd you get your grandfather out of the tavern then? We just usually let him be, and you know, went on our business. Did Butch and I have the same grandfather? (laughs) Pardon me. No. (laughs) I said, did Butch and I have the same grandfather? (laughs) By the way, that is a true story. Um, yeah, you told it from my, my family's point of view. <laughs> of being in a restaurant, le- trying to leave this restaurant, the kind that's got like um, uh, ch- ch- plastic checkered tablecloth, you know, yes. like vinyl, you know, um, and we you pay at the register type place. And then suddenly, you know, my my grandfather... It starts talking to someone because he re- recognized he did he didn't know the person but he recognized and kind of looked like someone and it turns out they were kin to that person and five minutes later he's pulling up a chair and, and we're and what we did is wait in the car. 
Well, that's why that's why I asked uh, Butch that question because so that uh, we can do the same. Just keep walking down the road, and we'll he'll, he'll catch up. <laughs> no, I I got it. <laughs> anyway. At this point, I've gotten up and I'm following Falcus, kind of like dusting off and like muttering to myself. It all makes sense now. <laughs> so we continue head down this uh, this trail. It's not a very long walk around the outside hills that surround Booty Bay. And you make it down to the shore in pretty short order. As you continue south, um, to the south, on the other side of what might be like a series of little sandbars, you can see like a galley of, you know, a pretty decent size anchored out over the water. As you make your way, you do see a rowboat coming in toward the shore. And... As it gets closer, oh no, uh, yeah, it's, it's Billy. He's boating over here. Okay, great. This is good timing. So he beaches the boat. He gets out and he turns around and he sees that it's you guys standing there and says, <laughs> Morning, y'all. How you guys doing? <laughs> that was the most Casey of Casey voices. This sounded like you were streaming again. Um, I know. What, I think what, I might have to listen. Zelda. I have to. I think I might have to listen to myself do it. I've. I've since. I was trying to listen to you do it this whole time that we've been playing, and I'm still not there. I think I need to practice more. It's fine. Doesn't matter. Western. That's what he sounds like in the morning. That's his character. <laughs> That's what he sounds like in the morning. <laughs> hey, Billy. Good morning. Shoot, I wasn't expecting to see you guys out here till later on this afternoon. I well, thought why? maybe you were. Yeah, well, why the heck you get out here so early then? I'm picking up the next box of supplies. They were dropping off from the the rest of the crew's been in and out of town and across the water there, and they're coming down from you know wherever. We got boxes. That, you want to help me? Yeah. And he turns yeah. and like he's he's beached the boat actually over near a couple of boxes of like crates of of things. I mean, we're the the three of us are hired hands now. Yeah. I'll I'll Falcus will will step up to all this and just do a little head nod and and tip of the head whatever you want to call just acknowledgement of good morning and yep we'll get right to it. Well, we got to get you boys some hats. Here we go. And then he starts to uh grab like they're you know pretty decent sized wooden crates. Some of them he can grab easily on his own and some of them he's like and has to like like force lift and like really get into the boat. Um it, the, the, but with the rest of your help, it doesn't take very long to get things loaded up. He still has to make probably another run to pick more things up, but he he gets things pretty well loaded. He gets into the, are you guys going to go with him on this run? He's taking these boxes to the main ship. Is there enough room after we've loaded them for us to go? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why not. Why I wouldn't that unless unless, yeah. unless he's got a little task for us to do here to continue to bring him from one spot to another ready to load for when he comes back for the next trip. All right. So you guys climb in the boat, start to make your way uh, across the water toward the galley. The boxes, occasionally as things shift, you can hear the banging of metal on metal. And in one of the boxes, the clinkling of what sounds like what sounds like when you pick up a 12 pack and all the bottles clink together a little bit <laughs> like that kind of a noise. It's similar uh, in, in one of these boxes. Um you are able to make your way to the ship pretty easily. Um, at that point, what's that, what it is, is it's like it's the boat is anchored 
in the in the water, obviously, but it's alongside one of those sort of sandbars, and there's a gangplank that goes down. So there's some place to stand um, before you get like between the rowboat and the ship. Um, on that island is a strong word, but on that little spit of land, there's a couple more boxes of just various items that su- supplies and whatnot that they're loading onto the ship, and there are a couple of s- sailors of various races and you know whatnots uh moving things up the up the gangplank um you see a uh, a human here actually let me get my list out you see a human male you see a um a, a male gnome uh there's a female night elf with sunglasses on because it's bright out um yeah, actually, the majority of the crew. I'm looking over my list here. The majority of the crew is is human, and the majority of the crew is male. Um, there's a female night elf. There's a knoll. There's a gnome, and obviously, there's uh, Billy Battlechin, who is a uh, a Pandaren. And this group is picking up crates out of boats, bringing them to the shore, like not to the shore, but onto this little island where another like um, fire brigade, like everyone's here you take this one and I'll go back and get the first and then etc and they're bringing things onto the boat well Billy this looks like a well oiled machine you all have going on here as we're approaching and watching all this yeah they're they're a good crew they're doing alright he starts picking up a box and starts going into the like up the ship alright well I'll pitch pick in up hand a and grab the next too. box yep yep same same yep. we all got boxes Okay. Um, you guys start to board the ship. Um, what you see is the Sanguine Spear. It's a decent sized ship. It's about 125 feet in length. There is a mast that rises from a raised platform on the bow. And then there's another mast rising from the you know, the center area, which is lower, like the bow and the stern are raised and there's stairs that go up to both. And then there's a third mast all the way back at the back of the boat, right next to the helm, um, where you see a, an orc standing sort of, he's not steering the boat cause obviously it's not moving, but he's like supervising. He's got on a, uh, you know, he's got on some armor. He's wearing a, a great, a big great ax. He's a muscular, um, gray skinned orc um similar to like what you would see with the um um what was that the black rock clan um there is a door leading into some sort of internal space inside the ship uh right beneath the helm there's a doorway right i'm pinging on the map it's right here uh that goes into some room under where the captain is standing and there's also a doorway that is open that goes under where the stairs are that walk up to the front of the ship um somebody ahead of you is bringing a box into that room where to with uh this box Oh, all that can go, all that can go down below decks. There's, there's a, there's a storage, there's a cargo hold all the way down the bottom. I'll, uh, I see there's a guy on the deck here. Um, I'll start heading that way. That's where you said they, they went in with the other boxes. Um, I'll head that way, give him, give him a nod and, and kind of an inclination of my head saying down here this way. Like where, where, like point me or direct me where to. Yep. Follow me, new guy. All right, I'll follow him in. 
I say I'm gonna follow Falcus too. Yeah, let's go on a line. You guys make your way into the first sub layer of the the next floor down as it is. Um, it's like an internal set of stairs go down one level below decks. There you find basically what is a common space in the center. There's a door um, toward a large forward section that is open. And as you walk through the room, you would be able to peek inside and see that it's general crew quarters in the front area here. Um, in addition, um, just because, you know, as you walk up and down, I'll just describe like basically what you would find if you took the chance to explore beings as you're going to be on the boat for a while. You'll have this information gradually as we go. So you're walking through and you're bringing the boxes, but also you do see that there is a doorway that leads into a space where there's like a large metal cage. Um, you take that to be like an improvised brig. Um, there are also rooms toward the back that given the signage on the walls and whatnot or the symbolism you see that are probably the first mate's quarters and the captain's quarters um there is also a door that leads under the stairway that goes down another uh, another level below decks Um, as you follow with your equipment that you're carrying you find your way down into the bottom level of the ship the cargo hold area where um there are barrels and crates stacked up there's the the night elf with the sunglasses who you saw when you first arrived on the ship um has made her way down here and now she's got she's like looking over her sunglasses because now she's like in the ship it's darker um she's got like a clipboard and she's what appears to be taking inventory of the different boxes and crates and whatnot that are coming through she's counting boxes of food there's there's um there's booze on the ship for sure there's um, uh, plenty of food for the voyage. There are boxes of like, as the lid gets pulled off, you can see that there are some weapons here and there, that sort of thing. You guys uh, over here, put this here. All right, cool. And then you set your box down and can head back upstairs again. Um, by the time you get to basically all the way up at the top again, and you're going back down onto the sandbar to grab another, um, crate of something. What you um, encounter, actually, is Captain Shark Tusks has walked down the gangplank, and he is standing next to somebody who had picked up the box that had the clingly clingly noise, like the 12-pack bottles noise, and says, um, open that up. What's in that one? He pulls the top off and you see that it's 12 vials of a um, a greenish kind of a liquid. The, the orc looks down at the crate, looks back at the pirate who was moving it and said, I told you all before, no acid. The man looks kind of nervous and he says, uh, sir, forgive me, but we need this. There's trolls nearby we we know this trolls nearby we if we come under attack we're we're going to need this the orc reaches out and grabs him by the front of his shirt and pulls him in close and with his other hand reaches back and grabs the handle of his great axe but doesn't pull it off his back yet just has it on his hand and he says one more word from you and it's mutiny am i understood pushes the guy back turns to the ship sees you guys and says if you're the new recruits then get back to work load the rest of these weapons and dump that acid in the ocean 
Not one drop gets onto my ship. And then he walks back up the gangplank. Um, I would like everyone at this time really quickly just to roll me a... Where is it? I'm sorry. I would like everyone to roll me a perception check, please. Wow, that was cruddy. Falcus, even with his plus four, got a six. So since I have advantage, I would have gotten the 20. You have advantage. You yeah, don't I have, advantage. have advantage. Why do you have it advantage? Says I do because of my thingies. I get to pick advantage when I have one of the lore thingies, one of the bard thingies. I thought. Got to be more specific. Wait, what? I don't hold on. Oh wait, hold on. No, it's for. Oh wait, I just found it. Yep, never mind. So I rolled a fourteen. I have advantage when I'm in wolf form, on smells. So there's no smelling, and I'm not a wolf. So I rolled a fourteen. Okay. The, the orc's yelling at the guy, don't bring the acid. He's like, okay, fine. Jeez. And he turns and he starts dumping acid into the into the ocean. And Ari happens to notice that he there were 12 vials of acid dumped into the ocean. Or rather, there were 12 vials of acid in the box. And there are 11 empty vials on the sand. As like he finishes dumping everything out, Ari takes a look and goes, there's 11 empty ones. So I'm just going to kind of like go over to Butch and Falcus and just be like, something's not adding up here. There were 12 in that box. And if you look, there's only, there's 11. Like what, what is, the captain's an, an orc, right? Like why is he so heck bent on this acid not being on the ship? And why are there only 11? Well, can uh, Falcus take a look at the, uh, the crewmate who was dumping them into the water and see if there's I don't know I'm looking for a, a bulge in the pocket or something yeah you are <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I think I think that that would be a perception check although you yeah okay the, we're looking for something different for than what I was checking for earlier so yeah go for it nope still in sea crap it's another six yeah I don't know it's, pockets pants shirt can can we see inside the box box is empty i'm gonna go up to this this we don't know this crewmate's name yet right we haven't been given this name uh you have not okay i'm gonna kind of walk up to the crewmate because we did we were instructed to load things and, and help dump this i'm just gonna have my hand out and just be like um you know Hi, I'm Ari. I'm new here. So excited to be on the ship. What is your name? What do we have going on over here, friend? Just like playing this bubbly, like sorority girl thing up a lot. Uh, he he turns and he looks. And he's he. Oh, uh, um, uh, uh, Jackson. They, Jackson? Uh, they they call me Jackson. Well, aren't you the cutest little thing ever? Um, th- thank you. Now, I have a silly little old question here. I know I am new, and I just all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed got on this ship this morning, but the captain, he seems a little rough about that poison. What's going on with that? Uh, um, hey, the cat. no. Um, you, you see that he's, like, searching for an answer quickly and then says, Captain says there's to be no acid on the ship, so there's to be no acid on the ship, and that's the end of it. And if... Um, Question in the captain's orders doesn't go well for anybody, so let's just leave it at that. Uh, and he t- grabs a box and starts walking onto the ship. Well, poop. And then I go back to Falcus and Butch. I'm just going to be like, something seems a little little weird here with 
just the captain's response to the acid and how nervous what what creature was that i feel like i would know if he was a human or he was, he, a human. was he how mm-hmm. nervous our little human jackson was i'm not sure things aren't really adding i mean i know we have a lot going on but things aren't adding up on this ship either in my opinion you think Captain Shark t- t- Shark Tusks is actually a troll in disguise? Honestly, I mean, I can convince some some goblins. I'm a a blood elf. I don't see why he can't. If that's your thinking, you can turn and take a look at him. Roll an investigation check. All of us can. Can we all turn and Anybody look at him? Curious. Okay. Ari rolled a fourteen. Four. Falcus rolled a twenty-one. But you don't know nothing about all these different races, man. It's like if it's not Pandaren, Mogu, or Vermin, your your guess is as good as anybody else's. Ari and Falcus, you've got a pretty good idea what you're looking at. First of all, Captain Shark Tusks is clearly not a troll in disguise. Um, <laughs> trolls are um, a, like a very different body type. They're taller. They're much thinner. They got lanky arms. You're not seeing any of that on on the captain um he's a male orc he's large and he's muscular but he's not like grossly so like he's he's fit for an orc but he doesn't look ridiculous he's got that 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 light gray ashy color skin like i was talking about um you also do notice that he has he's wearing um he's wearing a what you measure is probably a medium suit of armor um it's slashed and gashed in places. And Falcus, with that investigation check, you actually also notice that the slashes and like stab wounds and things that the armor has suffered over time are not... You would think that if I were wearing that kind of armor and I got slashed like across the belly, let's say, and it left a gash in the armor like that, that it would also leave a scar underneath in that same place. And you don't see anything like that. Um... You also finally, you notice that his, he has like this reddish quality to his eyes. Um, They're not glowing like magic. They look bloodshot. Like he didn't get any sleep or he's like always just this close to snapping in anger. Like he's got this. Yeah. He's got like this, like this bloodshot sort of look to his eyes. Um, Very definitely not a disguised troll though. I'm going to turn to Butch and just be like. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an orc. There's no troll hiding there. Sounds like he's a little worried about uh, something cutting through that breastplate of his. I mean... I mean, of course, I would be worried, too, about freaking burning a hole in my ship as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's... The, uh, guys, there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want to bring a bunch of acid onto a ship. But... For, forgive me, but... I see a lot of scars on his armor, but I don't see a lot of scars on him. It looks like either he's wearing someone else's armor, which, you know, I've done from time to time. (gasps) But maybe he's got a bit of healing properties. And y'all were saying, or one of them, one of them fellas was saying that trolls have, do, do some healing too. Do you think he could have that red blood that the alchemist was talking about? That boiling blood? Ooh. Or, I mean, if you're a pirate in this area, and how many times in Booty Bay have we been told, don't go north, don't go for the trolls, could our captain be gutsy enough to have made a deal with the t- trolls? Listen, we don't know this guy very well at all, but, well, I was going to say Billy does, but I, I don't 
reckon Billy would know nothing about dealing with trolls. Well, let's let's go find Billy or go see if there's some more boxes down at the little yeah. We can't be seen island gaggling around here. We need to keep working and keep moving, especially with Shark Tusk watching. But let's right, so I'm going to assume that done, you yeah. guys had that conversation out of like, okay, so you guys pick something up, go back down, and as you're going through the like the crew quarters section, there's not anybody around. You take two minutes to have a brief conversation. Um, you set the boxes down next to the night elf who's downstairs, who's taking inventory. You come back up again, and there are no more boxes on the shore, and Billy's boat is gone. You look out, and you see that he's on his way back out to grab the last couple of boxes that didn't fit on the boat the first time. You are also able to look out and see now that, like, being this far from shore, your perspective is a little bit different from when it was when you were right there on the beach. Billy puts some boxes in the boat. He gets all loaded up. He pushes, he shoves off again. He's paddling back. And as he's paddling back, you see this at first you, you think maybe it's like a rock slide or maybe that it's a, um, I don't know, like a, an explosion or something. And then you realize, no, wait, part of the, the, the section of like high rising rock face that protects booty bay is shifting slightly um you watch as the stones start to move and twist and just for a hot second you can see the shape of a giant made of earth and stone probably 60 feet tall shifting slightly making himself comfy and then leaning back into the mountainside and then as quick as it was there it's gone again you realize that you probably walked right past it on your way to the robo, and if it hadn't moved just now, you might have been none the wiser that such a creature even existed. It doesn't bother anybody. It doesn't like reach out to attack anything or anything else of that nature. You just happen to be looking out toward where Billy is, who's paddling back, and then just the mountain is like, mm, and shifts, and then settles back down again. And as quickly as it was there, it's like camouflaged well enough again that you can hardly even see it anymore. Holy heck! <laughs> the mountain just move. It's like a giant sleeping up there. A rock giant, I suppose. Maybe Booty Bay's got a little bit more protection than we uh than we realize. Well, Billy's been there a few times already, so I I guess no one's worried about it. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's your friendly. I mean, we rock walked giant. right past it without any conflict we went right th through that cave right past him yeah it's fine at this point billy would have arrived back on like at the at the shore and the remaining crew is able to pick up the boxes bring everything onto the ship and once everything is loaded and all the crew is on board they pull up the gangplank and they start to hoist anchor um they're fixing to leave uh at this time the captain would step forward and he like battle chain, go get the rest of the crew tells everybody to come on up, uh, up to the top decks and says, um, um, this crew is new. So I'll lay it out one time. I'll broke no questions of my orders. Follow them to the letter or it's mutiny. Mutiny is punishable on my ship by a swift and brutal death. Do I make myself clear? Yes, sir. Yeah, there's a round of yes, sirs for okay. sure. <laughs> um, on my ship, no one will be found in possession of acids, 
No large torches shall be lit, and black powder will be kept in the hold under lock until I command it used. First mate, assign duties to our newest crew. The rest of you get back to work. Um, there are some pe- members of the crew who immediately hop to it and get to work doing specific things. A lot of the rest of the crew, yeah, all right. So they have this sort of attitude about them, like, yeah, my, my part for right now is finished. So I'm just going to head on below decks, and you know, they have this very relaxed, like, I don't have anything to do right now kind of attitude. Um, over the course of the next, let's say, hour or two, you guys would have a chance to meet and interact with everyone on the crew and learn their names and have an idea for how they're outfitted and what they're what they kind of look like. And as I give you that information that you can use for whatever it is that you'd like to do, I am going to push a handout to you that lists everything that I'm about to read to you. Um, the crew of the Sanguine Spear are led by Captain Shark Tusks. He makes it clear uh, as you guys are introduced and oriented onto pirate life that you are free to carry weapons on the ship, but fights amongst the crew are to be kept civil and non-lethal and to, to be uh, leaving no permanent injury. Um, three quarters of all plunder is to be split evenly amongst all of the crew. The remaining quarter will be used to pay for supplies. And then he kind of looks to um, he kind of looks to Billy to make sure that he's he he it's clear that he's trying to choose his words carefully as he explained this to you and turns back to you and says, uh, the remaining quarter will be used to pay for any supplies that cannot be acquired by other means. And there's a couple of crew members who chuckle at this a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's clear that he's trying to use language to specifically not necessarily say the word pirate. Um, you meet, um, Captain Shark Tusks and Billy Battlechin, who you already knew. You met Jackson, uh, a human man on the uh, on the shore. Tilbur oh, is the ginger. name. Yep, he's a uh, muscular ginger with no neck. Um, he carries like a, most of these pirates carry a scimitar and wear short uh, and wear leather armor. Um, you meet Tilbur, who is a male gnome with white hair and mutton chops and double peg legs. He carries a crossbow, again, leather armor. Um, you meet a knoll called Lump Paw, who has the smell of wet dog. He's got like that big dog face like the the, the knolls have. Um, he is unarmed. He's got, got kind of a similar look to, to Hogger. Um, you meet uh, Tisha, the female night elf. Um, she's covered head to toe in daggers. She's got daggers on her hips. She's got daggers in boot holsters. She's got daggers like on the small of her back. She's got daggers in holsters on her arms. She's like dagger girl. Um, and finally you meet stinky Pete and two toed ping who are both male humans. Um, stinky Pete is like kind of straw haired and sort of skinny. Um, he's less stinky than you would think. And, uh, two toed ping is tan and has dark hair. Um, he's got more toes than his name would suggest. Um, everybody on the ship has a responsibility that they are, uh, like their job as part of their day. Um, 
as you guys chat with various members of the crew and take orders from Billy, he would assign you guys duties as well. Um, on the Sanguine Spear, everyone has a job that they have to do. Um, the duty roster was written up by First Mate Battlechin. Uh, by Captain's orders, there must always be a lookout posted on deck at all times, 24-hour watch. Uh, Battlechin had re- had requested the responsibility of preparing meals for the crew, and everyone was fine with that. Um, in addition, every morning, the ship's hull, the equipment, and the weapons, and the sails have to be inspected for damage or improper conditions, like um, moisture in the black powder, rust on the guns, tears on the sails, things like that. Um, and all of the irregularities in the equipment have to be then reported to the captain or the first mate. And uh, each evening when, you know, it stops being quite so hot, like after the mid-afternoon, uh, early evening heat sorts to di- starts to die down, somebody's got to swab the decks. Um, whenever a crew member doesn't have a specific job that they have to be doing right this minute, their time is their own and they can do whatever they like, be it hang out in the crew quarters or sleep or, um, you know, practice with, you know, whatever it is that they want to practice with or anything else of that nature. Um, so over the course of probably the next hour, you guys are assigned your duties and you get to meet the crew. Um, the, the ship's mission is spelled out to you very clearly as well. You have about a day worth of travel before you arrive at plunder Isle. Um, and on plunder Isle, they are going to, you know, sweep out the, the, the keep that they know is there to make sure that it's safe to, to, to use. And then after they've established it as a home base, they're going to return to Booty Bay for basically more piracy. Um, Every time you guys do notice that every time uh, Billy Battlechin is present for the conversation, piracy is not directly mentioned. Um, But it's clear to you that, okay, step one is establish a, a home base. Step two, we have to recruit more pirates, do more piracy and get more supplies. Uh, that's kind of their overall goal on the ship at this time. What we have in front of us is a complete man of crew crew manifest. Okay. And a um, kind of a spreadsheet of uh, du- a, a, a duty chart, right? Um for different times of the day, morning, afternoon, evening, and overnight. <laughs> so we will know when certain people are going to be in certain places. Yes. That's interesting to me. Okay, 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 okay. So... I will also say that at the moment, it's probably getting close to it's probably getting close to the beginning of the afternoon series of duties, but we're still in at the end of morning. So you guys can conversate for a while before any before the shift change. Our hero's first voyage with the Sanguine Spear is underway, but the party believes there is more to discover here than meets the eye. How well will they be able to blend in with the pirates? 
can they convince Billy that the crew are more nefarious than they seem? What will the party discover when they arrive on Plunder Isle? We'll have to wait until next week to find out when we queue up for more heroic dungeons and dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroicdnd, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.